It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, Rich, it's nice to have you back in the studio again. You were at a conference in Louisiana last weekend. I was, Dad, with uh, Christian leaders from across the country, and it's great to be back. Yeah. You know, the Lord has permitted us to enjoy living in America, the United States of America, from the north to the south, from the east to the west. And wherever you go in America, you find people. You find people who know and love the Lord. Isn't that true? Yes, and who cherish their freedom that was fought for us by previous generations, and it's incumbent upon us to pass it on to the future. Yeah, so we had a good time anyway. We are going to have a good program today, I'll tell you that for sure. Uh, folks, I tell you, if you're watching the news, and uh, and to tell you the truth, it just wears you out, doesn't it? It just wears you out. It it gets into a kind of a, just a big argument. And um, anyway, here's a song, here's a song, because if you know the Lord, you see, if you know the Lord, you have faith that he does know the answer. And and all, all he is is just a prayer away. Isn't that nice? Here it is. I ask the Lord to comfort me When things weren't going my way He said to me, I will comfort you Lift your cares away I ask the Lord to walk with me When darkness was all that I knew He said to me, never be afraid For I will see you through I didn't ask for riches He gave me wealth untold The moon, the stars, the sun, the sky God gave me eyes to behold I thank the Lord for everything I count my blessings each day He came to me when I needed Him I only had to pray and He'll come to you if you ask Him Isn't that thought? Isn't that thought, Rich? Isn't that a comfort to know that? And it's true. Haven't heard that song for such a long time. It's wonderful to hear it again. Yeah. Listen, here is a lady. Now, we really enjoy reading the transcripts, don't we, of the listeners uh, who call in on our listener comment line. Here's a lady. Let's hear what she says. I was traveling this weekend through Nebraska from a wedding in Colorado on my way to Chicago. And I turned on the radio. I had been praying about where to go to church as I traveled Sunday morning. 
When I turned the radio on, I heard a quick spot announcement that John MacArthur was going to be at the Embassy Suites Conference Center. And I booked a room and went to the service. I'm very thankful for your announcement on the radio. Just wanted to let you know it was effective. Thank you so much. It was great to worship there. Bye-bye. <laughs> and you were you were at that conference. That was you? in Omaha, Nebraska. She was traveling across Nebraska, where we have stations all across yeah. the state. And she heard that John MacArthur was going to be there for a worship service. Yeah. And then she joined us. Yeah, Rich, you know, our, our, our radio network is different than a lot of others, and that's okay because we just really enjoy the teaching programs we have so people can learn about the Lord, become discipled as Christians, and come to know the Lord, you see, and help them with their families, with their marriages, with living their lives. That's what's really important, isn't it? And let me give the listener comment line, 1-800-345-2621. We'd love to hear from you too, folks. 1-800-345-2621. All right, now you've been doing some spot announcements, Rich, for Hillsdale College. I can't remember when I first heard about Hillsdale, but it was a number of years ago. And they really stress character, and they really give the students, you know, the reason this is so important to me is today's college situation is a mess. And there's a lot of Christian colleges that are fading. When I say fading, they're melting as far as their Christian testimony and their witness and all of the other things are concerned, to say nothing about getting a good education. Exactly. The way they integrate outstanding academics with Biblical faith yeah. is is wonderful. It's wonderful the way they come together at Hillsdale. I know. Listen, folks, you're going to hear something really wonderful. I want to tell you this. How long has uh, Justice Clarence Thomas been on the Supreme Court? It's many years already, uh, isn't it? I think it was like 91 or something. But like I that. remember when Justice Clarence Thomas was nominated to the Supreme Court, and then they had another one of these battles, another one of these, uh, let, well, we can't let him on. Um, you know what I've learned since, you know, because here he's a black American and you can't have a black American on the Supreme Court that doesn't think exactly the way other people think he should think. And Clarence Thomas, well, who is he? And I studied his life and all of that. And I got into his big, the big fight over getting him confirmed. And we watched that carefully, Rich. You were just a very young person then, but I remember we were both very much involved in that. And, uh, and then I read his book. It was my grandfather's son. And his book was such an inspiration to me because it showed the troubles that he went through as a youngster, as a little boy. And the reason his book was my grandfather's son is because Clarence Thomas's mother, she was kind of a, well, I don't, I don't want to say bad things except that he really didn't have much of a mother. And when she had two little boys and she came home to her dad and mom, well, her dad said, okay, you can live here, but the two boys are mine. <laughs> and he wanted them to do right. He wanted them to have a work ethic. He wanted them to. So that's why his book was My Grandfather's Son. Um, but anyway, I followed his career very, very much. And, you know, after he was confirmed, we were at a conference where we heard the first speech that he gave. I'll never forget it. The first words out of his mouth when he was introduced and he started speaking. He said, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible. So what? 
I mean, and the crowd just really started applauding because what he was really saying is, I can be who I am. I can say what I believe and that sort of thing. So here he is now uh, dedicating dedicating a chapel at Hillsdale College. Well, let me set the stage for this because Hillsdale, we mentioned, integrates faith with academic learning. And they have recently constructed a beautiful architectural marvel of a chapel called Christ Chapel. And they invited none other than Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to come and dedicate the chapel. And when I saw his speech, Dad, you can just picture it with all of the academic robes and regalia, very, very formal affair. But what he said goes straight to the heart. Folks, this is historic, and we're going to share it with you right now. Here it is. When life is difficult and seems pointless, we need a safe haven where we can escape from the storm and find solace. Chapels provide that setting. They invite us to draw near to God and to elevate our thoughts, to seek his wisdom, to lay down our burdens at the foot of the cross, and to find that peace that surpasses all understanding. For here we know we are standing on holy ground. In the words of a popular gospel hymn, when I walk through the door, I sense his presence, and I knew this was a place where love abounds, for this is a temple. The God we love abides here. Oh, we are standing in his presence on holy ground. This calls to mind Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel. When she came to the tabernacle to pray, she was barren but longed for a child. The Bible describes her as deeply depressed, a woman troubled in spirit who was experiencing great anxiety and vexation and weeping bitterly. But Hannah poured out her soul before the Lord at the tabernacle. And after a time of prayer and speaking with the priests, her face was no longer sad. She came to the tabernacle in anguish. She left at peace. Hannah's story reminds me of a young woman I saw some years ago in the church I attend near the court. As I knelt saying the rosary after mass, I noticed her crying her shoulders jerking rhythmically as she sobbed heavily. We happened to leave the church at the same time, and as we did, I asked her if she was okay. Her face streaked with mascara. She answered in a quiet, peaceful voice, I am now. Whatever burden that woman was carrying when she entered the church, she did not leave with it. In the words of the letter to the Hebrews, she drew near to the throne of grace, and she did so in a church building. I have no doubt that many will enter here burdened and like Hannah and the young woman, leave unburdened and at peace. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I humbly offer my own story that is similar, like Hannah, my life was changed through prayer at a time of, at a place of worship. Although I was raised Catholic and even spent four years in the seminary, in my early adult years, I became greatly disillusioned with the church 
and made the mistake of angrily storming away, impetuousness of youth. Throughout law school and the early years of my career, I was self-reliant, so I thought, and gave little attention to God. But not long after I joined President Reagan's administration, I was in the midst of one of the darkest periods of my life. I was in my 30s, running a federal agency under significant public scrutiny and criticism. I had little money, I was raising my young son, and I was grieving the loss of the two most important people in my life, my grandparents. Life seemed hopeless and felt like I had nowhere to turn. In the midst of this hardship and grief, God drew me back to the church and he used a church building to do it. It was during this period, seemingly bereft of hope, that I began to make daily visits to local Catholic churches to pray for wisdom and courage, as well as strength and guidance. Unlike the tumultuous world around me, the church building provided a place of peace, a sanctuary from the turmoils of my life. Within those walls, with God's help and grace, I was able to elevate my thoughts beyond my circumstances and self-absorption and set my mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, as St. Paul wrote in the letter to the Colossians. God used these times of prayer and meditation to rekindle the flame of faith in my life. I am a changed man today, and God began that transformation in a holy place, a sanctuary much like this chapel, where I could temporarily leave behind the onslaught of life's difficulties and bring my troubles before the Lord. God used this renewed faith to sustain me and my wife through my confirmation hearings, and we continue to rely daily on the grace he gives us. But there's nothing unique about this in our lives. For many people, chapels and churches have served as beacons of hope, physical reminders of our need for God and his grace. And the presence of a chapel on a college campus is particularly important. In fact, in this age of popular iconoclasm, building a chapel on a college campus is all but verboten. The college years require young people to make decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. They are exposed to new ideas, new relationships, new distractions, and new temptations. They need a place where they can go to be relieved of their troubles and get their bearing as so much comes at them so fast. By building this chapel, Hillsdale College has provided that space where students can come to discern God's calling, to pray through difficult times, and to praise God for his faithfulness. In short, Hillsdale College has recognized the importance of equipping students, not only intellectually, but also spiritually, for the many challenges of life in college and beyond. Although a chapel is a place for many activities, it also serves as a statement about the importance of those activities.
the construction of a college chapel in particular is a public declaration that faith and reason are mutually reinforcing. And in 2019, the construction of a chapel is a bold act of leadership at a crucial time in our nation's history. So I would like to briefly underscore the broader significance of the decision that Hillsdale College has made in building Christ Chapel. Beginning in the early 1900s, many elite private colleges and universities began to face questions about the continuing relevance of religious instruction on campus. These questions would have surprised the founders of those schools, many of which were created in part for the express purpose of providing religious instruction. But as time went on and schools moved away from their religious roots, the relevance of religion to higher education was increasingly questioned, and campus chapels in particular came to be viewed as relics of a bygone era. With the completion of Christ Chapel, Hillsdale College has staked out its position in this debate, and its decision serves as an example for all of us. The construction of so grand a chapel in 2019 does not happen by accident or as an afterthought. Christ Chapel reflects the college's conviction that a vibrant intellectual environment and a strong democratic society are fostered, not hindered, by a recognition of the divine. Hillsdale College affirms with the writer of Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. By constructing this chapel, the college upholds the continued importance of its Christian roots even as it respects the rights of each person to worship God according to the dictates of his own conscience. Our country was founded on the view that a correct understanding of the nature of God and the human person is critical to preserving the liberty that we so enjoy. John Adams wrote, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. He recognized that the preservation of liberty is not guaranteed. Without the guardrails supplied by religious conviction, popular sovereignty can devolve into mob rule, unmoored from any conception of objective truth. As I think about our political culture today, I am reminded of Ronald Reagan's warning that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have, we have known, is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them to do the same. Each generation is responsible to both itself and to succeeding generations for preserving and promoting the blessings of liberty. Faith in God, more than anything else, fuels the strength of character and self-discipline necessary to ably discharge that responsibility. That is why I am so encouraged by the construction of Christ Chapel. 
Hillsdale College's Articles of Association affirm that inestimable blessings flow from the prevalence of civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety in the land. The college was founded on the belief that the diffusion of sound learning is essential to the perpetuity of these blessings. Thus, Hillsdale College was founded on the understanding that the battle to preserve and promote freedom in our country will be waged in the hearts and minds of the people. Rather than shrinking from the battle, Hillsdale is rising to the occasion by investing in the intellectual and spiritual development of its students so they can provide God-honoring leadership in our country. Let it be said of them what was said of David, that he served the counsel of God in his own generation. Students, faculty, administrators, and friends of Hillsdale, let this chapel be more than just an impressive building. Let it be a place where people enter the presence of a majestic God. Let it be a house of worship, of prayer, of meditation, and of celebration before God. Let it be a haven of rest for the weary, a place of healing for the wounded, a place of comfort for the grieving, and a source of hope for the despairing and the forgotten. Let it point to a day when the dwelling of God will be with men, when God himself will wipe away every tear and mend every wound. Let it be a place where tomorrow's leaders discern their callings and grow firm in their convictions. Let it stand as a bold declaration to a watching world that faith and learning are rightly understood as complements and that both are essential to the preservation of the blessings of liberty. Above all, let this chapel equip and inspire us to honor God in whatever he calls us to do. For as St. Paul wrote in the letter to the Romans, from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. May God bless each of you. May God bless Hillsdale. And may God bless this wonderful country. Thank you. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who was bringing that address um, at Hillsdale College when they were dedicating their new chapel a building that they had just built. Just this and, past week was the dedication. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, let's just hear the Gaither singers right now.
Rich Hillsdale College was founded when? In 1844 uh-huh, by, by, by abolitionists who were free will Baptists. Free will Baptist abolitionists. Isn't right. that interesting? Right. Now in the year 2019, uh, African-American or black American, um, just as Clarence Thomas dedicates, dedicates the chapel. Isn't that amazing? I just love this program. Uh, I love the material. You know, when you're working with young people and when they're coming out of high school and then going into college, my word, how easy it is for other colleges to twist up their life mm-hmm. and turn them around and uh, make a mess of things. Um, let's hear another listener comment here. Here's a man who loves BRN. Hey, I just love uh, Dick and Rich show that's on at 2 o'clock Central. That's fantastic. Love Bill Federer and David Barton, keeping America abreast of our founding fathers. And uh, just keep up the great work. Remind people that uh, it is legal to pray in school. Thank you for that. God bless you. Have a good day. Yeah. I don't know, Rich. How long will it be legal to pray in school? You see, it's legal, but the schools don't recognize the legality of it. And they do everything they can to stop it. And they do a pretty good job of it, too, don't they? Well, they sure do. But, you know, we're supposed to render unto Caesar that which is Caesar and unto God that which is God's. Absolutely. And be good citizens and vote, for goodness sakes. To, do I have to say uh, Clarence Thomas is pro-life? <laughs> I mean, really. And his wife, Jenny, she's a real, um, a real fine Wonderful Christian lady, isn't she? Well, it's wonderful. It's heartening to know that people like that are on the Supreme Court, and you can understand why some of the uh, the anti-God forces aren't happy with that. Yeah. All right. Now, here's a, here's a lady. Here's a lady. Let's see what he says. Yes, I'm in Missouri, and I listen to Bach Radio every day, and I just want to let you know that saying from Paul Harvey about if I was the devil— that was awesome, and I love to listen to Adrian Rogers and Dr. Jeremiah. There's several different ones on. I won't list them all, but I do so enjoy your radio station, and I'm so glad that I found it. Yeah. Dad, let me give the listener comment Please. line one more time. 1-800-345-2621. 1-800-345-2621. And by the way, I'm glad you're back in the studio with me, because as I get older, and I am getting older, it's nice for me to be able not to have to pack my suitcase and do all this traveling that you do. But when you get home, it's sure nice to have you here. Well, I'm glad to be here. You know, today's complete story was a little different change of pace, and I really enjoyed it. All right, this is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, as this chapter of the complete story as a public service, and we'll see you later. We'll see you later.